Today's show is brought to you by Zola. To sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to Zola.com slash brain candy. gonna finish it i i'm not even convinced you know what the rest of the words are <laughs> right there's usually, so many usually you just go hit it sarah hey hello friends welcome once again to the brain candy podcast it's the best kind of podcast because it's my kind of podcast and it's your kind of podcast and it's our kind of podcast so let's start the podcast right, right now. now good you think got about you know it's just keeping the beat it's, it's a tough thing to do <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem with the song. I couldn't keep the complicated rhythm. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 173 of Ooh. the Brain Candy Podcast. We've been doing this a while now. Uh, we're yeah. still terrible. <laughs> we're still not good at it. I think we're debatable. just hitting our stride, though. Uh, do you? I do, too. I've He's been cracking up at our show. too. Is that weird? It really is. We've had a couple of fellas that we've met recently who decided to check it out and um, give us some feedback. Yes. And then I had to let them know, this show isn't for you, dude. <laughs> yeah. They like to go, what, what's this? What's happening here? What is, <laughs> what's, what, what is this stuff? Explain yourselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's we say if we have to explain it, you wouldn't understand. Right. That's our policy. Mm-hmm. So can it can it oh that's my new favorite thing to say about everything uh sarah and i just got back from san francisco where so we had fun. a whale of a time we sure did oh i'm getting texts we Te- really text. did have a hoot and holler so much fun it was 18 hours of shenanigans guys we shared a king-size bed <laughs> that was the best part who knew i mean we've shared a bed many times we have and beds smaller than that for sure. Oh my gosh, we've shared bunk beds. <laughs> we've shared bunk beds, twin beds, double beds. Yes. And now king size. We're yes. really moving up in the world. We are. But you don't need a lot of space. <laughs> <laughs> Not if I can cuddle next to you, Sue. Are I you? It's a warm shoulder. Do you admit that you're a cuddler? I didn't know I was a cuddler. This maybe it's just me. It might be. You you don't cuddle Landon? <sighs> I think maybe I do at one point, but. I, maybe I have a time where I like to cuddle. Was it in the morning? Or was yeah. It, okay, because he gets out of bed at about 5.30. Now we know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What if that's it? He's driven out of bed by my need to cuddle. My yeah, desperate you start getting affection. restless. Uh-huh. Where you're, like, hot and you, like, put one leg out. <laughs> yes. You do this whole routine. I know. She knows my routine. You have cute jammies, though. So I do, with pieces of pizza on them. Yeah. Do they make you want pizza? They made me want those jammies. Oh, yeah. They're well, really cute. Thanks. Um, yeah, we had so so much fun. We just went to go to the Color Factory, which is bonky and hilarious. So bonky. And we went into the ball pit. Yes. What do you guys think about ball pits? I brought that back and brought it up at the uh, um, the baby, the baby shower. shower I went to. And I was like, guys, I it's time to went bring to a gigantic ball pit. And it was so much fun. And they instantly were like... Ew, Ew, that's covered in germs. <laughs> Do you know what would happen? And they were then they told me that there's a bar in Orange County that has a ball pit. Okay. And they said, great idea until some drunk ass pukes in there. Mm, and then can nope, you imagine? Nope. Nope. So it, the color factory. Everybody just needs to be fucking responsible. Well, <laughs> with their balls. With their balls. <laughs> At the color factory, 
you go into this room and all the balls in the ball pit are yellow, which yes. gives a great photographic experience. But they make you take your shoes off, which is smart, yeah. except mm-hmm. have you seen people's feet? It was just stink. And it was the whole room stunk. Yeah, we we can't even properly describe the temperature <laughs> in this place because it was It was just, so hot. It was unbearable hot. So it was like hot feet. It was an old building that they had converted, but no you know, it didn't have central air. And it's just hot when a yeah. bunch of people are in a ball pit room and you're just being carted, you know. It was like sweaty ball next. feet and then we're like doing swan dives in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't give yeah, a we did fuck. not care at all. It was so fun. But I, I do dropped think- my phone and it was terrible. But only for like thirty seconds, I panicked and then I found it. Right, they did warn us, like, don't put your phone down because you're like, mm, whatever. Right, thank Christ, we didn't lose our phones. <laughs> I mean, that would have ruined the whole trip. Well, you can't take pictures. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh I have God, we haven't so- even started yet. I know we have so much to talk about. What do you I mean? okay. Well, first of all, <laughs> I flew Southwest to San Francisco and. I got onto the plane behind a fiddle player <laughs> slash violinist. We don't know. We haven't heard his playing. Thank mm-hmm. Christ. Thank Christ. Because I thought for sure that Sarah's theory would prove true that I was about to get on a uh-huh. flight with the, what do they call it? What? Live at 35. Live at 35 musicians mm-hmm. cranking out some s- soft rock. <laughs> some pop country. And I said, Susie, quick, look around for somebody with a drum set. We need to know. <laughs> Do you think that they use a proper drum set or is it one of those synthesizer ones? Also, here's my question. Yeah. Does that count as their carry-on or like two pieces of carry-on <laughs> luggage? Do they have Stop to abide it. by all of the I same think rules they that we do? Not. What the heck? Yeah. What What the heck, FAA? Uh-huh. Where are your rules now? Mm-hmm. I bet they're carrying a they bunch of metal toothpaste. equipment that... that Probably would get thrown away if I brought it through security. So I'm just saying. I'm happy to report there was no music. Yeah. There was, however, hula hooping at my gate. This is also unacceptable. Southwest held a contest. Here's the deal. Yeah. I have, there's, I have a, we're going to play positive and negative. (laughs) Right. Negative. Uh Uh-huh. Hula hooping at the gate that went on for a while too no. long for a hula hooping contest it was like the last man standing thing initiated and then by southwest initiated by southwest they came out with the hula hoops and if anybody uh, if anyone knows my history with hula hoops you know that's a trigger for me since that's how i broke my leg <laughs> a trigger so i was like oh i want i love hula hoops i was torn because i love hula hoops but also i i will maybe injure myself tell them how you bro- broke your foot hula hooping because that really is something special i was showing <laughs> off to my now sister-in-law's sisters-in-law mm-hmm. that at the time were like five and eight or something. And I was like skip it style doing it around my ankle. That's your first mistake. Uh, like a pro, but here's the deal. Skip it I didn't style. start. I, I was really showing off because I got a move where I can take a hula hoop from my neck and go all the way down my body, like make it move Jesus, all the way down my Sarah, body to around my foot. Is it hot in here? Are you getting like oh, excited about baby. my hula hoop skills? That sounds pretty hot. Yeah, I can like do the whole thing. So I'm like, I got this. I'll show them. Did it all the way, got down to the foot, rolled my ankle, and not just broke my foot, but shattered it. And then, well, first, I get instantly like embarrassed and also sick because I really hurt myself. So I go, 
oh my God, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom one sec. I go to the bathroom and I puke because that happens when <laughs> sometimes when you're so injured. And then my husband's like, you're just a complainer and you're an overreactor. Oh so my God, I went, really? So I said, no, I'm really hurt. And he said, well, how about we just sit on, like, we'll put some ice on it and we'll like reassess the next, you know, tomorrow morning. He goes to put the ice pack on it and I go, it's too heavy. And oh, the ice no. pack was too heavy. So, you know, we didn't even do that. And then the next morning I go, we go to the emergency room and they go, oh yeah, your foot's shattered into like 10 pieces. You're going to need four metal screws, like two plates and like five screws to put it back together. And you need surgery right now. And uh, so, and we were on a trip to, this was the first time I had ever met his, his family. Par- his yeah. family. Right. And then we were on this East Coast trip where we were only supposed to stay at their house for maybe 24, 48 hours. And I end up hurting myself. Landon has business in New York. We're supposed to be like continuing on this trip. I get hurt and I have to stay at their house for a week because I can't fly. I can't do, do anything. Yeah. I have to have surgery right it's then. The whole thing. And I've never met this family ever. I mean, now I love them and they're wonderful. But could you imagine? New no. girlfriend. We've only been dating I for like three months. I think you are a dud. For sure. I'd be you, like, what kind of fool? What kind of idiot? Shatters her feet. I, I, I took it as an opportunity to make his sister-in-law, sisters-in-law fall in love with me. I and feel, they did. I feel like you have brittle bones or something. I, you know what? I kind of do. <laughs> but who cares? Because you have those sexy hula hooping moves. Yeah, I can hula hoop like a motherfucker. And that's why you were wearing crutches at wearing, using yes. crutches at my wedding. That is why. This right. all happened, yes. Right so you couldn't even wedding. dance at my wedding. I didn't stop me. <laughs> Don't you remember that picture we have? I'm wearing a dress and I was not wearing a bra. Oh, and the I flash remember. went off and I was on the dance floor and you could definitely see my nips. Absolutely. Full outline. Your boobs looked great. Thanks, Suze. It, I mean, I didn't notice at the time because it was only after the film, you know, the pictures were developed because I got married in 1983, <laughs> evidently. <laughs> Yeah, it was weeks later before I saw those beautiful oh, teats. Gosh, yep. You should I, post that pic. <laughs> we uh, changing the subject. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could talk about my tits all day, but <laughs> <laughs> instead, I want to talk about your gorgeous new watch. Oh my gosh! Uh, which one? Because I bought two. What? I know. I saw that you got that well, I second. One. I needed the leather. You couldn't resist. Yeah. We got new watches from MVMT. It's movement watches. Um, I also bought one for my sister. Oh, nice. Because they're gorgeous, and I knew she'd love them. Um, but movement watches is cool because it was founded by these fellas who were like, hey, I'd like a nice watch, but I don't want to go broke. And so they created these beautiful pieces that you can buy directly instead of all the markup you get in the department stores and they start at just $95 and that's the kind of watch you pay like 500 bucks. Yeah. They're so beautiful. Yeah. And they don't have a big flashy logo on them or, you know, it's not some of those times they have very elegant. Yeah. It's real beautiful looking. They're very chic, minimalistic. I think you guys would love them. And they offered our listeners a deal. You get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash bcp. And it's a really chic design, makes a great fashion statement. Now is the time, get it, Uh to set up, step up your watch game. Go to mvmt.com slash bcp and join the movement. They're really beautiful. And we'll post some pictures on our social so you can see just how lovely they are. They make a great gift too. And interchangeable watch bands. That's right. That's my favorite part. You can make different styles, whatever. Yep. 
Okay. Um, I read this really great article. Yes, tell me. And it was in The Atlantic, and it was about how businesses misunderstand old people. Did you see this? No, but I agree. I think all of the United States misunderstands old people. We were talking about this when we Uh were away, and I was like, I don't know. I'm sure they're pretty dumb. And you were like, no, they're great. Here's how the article explained it, and I thought it was really interesting. They first used the hearing aid industry as an example. And we're talking about how um, older folks, when they're thought about, people, companies think about their medical needs. Uh Uh-huh. And then, like, forget that a lot of people, we even talked about this with my dad, don't want to admit that they're old. Correct. Okay? Yes. So they create these products that really, even if you know in your heart you need one, you don't want to use them because they're- Identifies you as old. Exactly. So, and then- This is so deep. It's so deep. Oh, my gosh. The article was- Great. And it was, okay, let's think about mm-hmm. young people. If we, want, if we need uh, eyeglasses, mm-hmm. they become a fashion statement. You can get oh. sexy ones, cat eye, you can get clear, you can get really big, small, John yeah. Lennon. I'm also mad. I'm like mad that I don't have bad eyes because I want glasses so bad. <laughs> you, can, you can identify celebrities by the style that they wear, yep. like Lisa Loeb or John Lennon. Yes. But they're a medical thing. Well, with hearing aids, nobody's like, I want the pink one because they're fucking rad. Because they don't make the pink one. They don't make them really cool. And they're not a fashion statement. It's just this bulky thing in your ear that's just for function. And nobody's making them like into a fashion statement. They are making them invisible though. Yeah, but like they're not doing what they did with eyeglasses. Because young people wear eyeglasses, but most young people aren't in need of a hearing aid. Right. If they were, it would change things. Right. Like when you think about how young kids have often wear braces, so they find ways to make them cool. Uh-huh. Put the colors on them. Yes. If you're going to have to wear a medical device, at least make it bitchin'. We don't do that. For old people. Because we assume they look like Even garbage. with their scooters <laughs> and not only their that. Their scooters, right. Also, my grandma, at, towards the end, she wasn't able to shop for herself, and she also it was very hard for her to use the restroom or get in and out of clothes. The clothes that are available, gross. Not only are they gross, but they feel like sandpaper. Yeah, thanks for the polyester. I'm like I would not put my grandmother in this. This is, and the I mean I went everywhere. I went to so many places to try and get a you know cute. Thing for like my grandma to wear for uh, a holiday or something. Yeah, I think it was for my wedding. Right, but it's like nothing. Yeah, because they assume that old people want to be comfortable. They don't assume they want to look hot. Yeah, and so this is a great. I'm sorry, I'm going on. You, you know just how feel I get good about themselves. No, this is a topic we can discuss for like. Think ever. about Life Alert. You know those yeah. necklaces you can wear to. Ugly. Uh, sure. So only um, six, no, only 2%, 2 to 6% of the population over 65 uses one of these, right? Oh. But Pete, you might think, well, they're expensive and they're not covered by insurance. So that would affect the usage. But in the UK where they're covered, only 16% oh. still are oh. using them, even though they need them. And so they realized that they don't want to admit that they need yep. them. And even when they use them, 
85% of old people will not push that button when they fall for five minutes because they want to make sure that they can't. Right. Okay. So that's interesting. But then. I wonder if that, I wonder if it would change if we were in a collective, like we're a very individualistic culture. Yeah. If we were in a collective culture, if that would change, if the need, if the, because we're all about do everything yourself. You right, know, right, be right. self-sufficient. Yeah. And if we were looking at a culture that were more believed in collectivism, mm-hmm. if that would change, if because that's Maybe. really interesting. And what we're something well, and- that makes us so successful in the beginning is such it could be almost life-threatening towards the end. Yeah. Well, so and that's the thing is that people are dying mm. because they can't accept that they're old number 1 and that these devices aren't meeting their needs emotionally. So, if you think about your smartphone, everyone has a, you know, most people yeah. have a smartphone, yeah. they carry their phone around and it's seen as like a, a part of who you are. These life alert things aren't like that because they're for old people. Right. And so if you can find what, like they're doing these bluetooth headphones to act like hearing aids you know, that like stream music and can be a hearing aid and they're like more uh, technologically Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. advanced. And then things like making changes to these devices to make them cooler. to cute up, like make cuter. Or to make them like seem like they're not just for like, you're on your way out, here's this fucking necklace, good luck. (laughs) And just get a different commercial and also get rid of the lady. (laughs) I think they have. There's no way that's no, they, on. No, it's it's not. I've fallen much and different. I can't get up. Is on. It's they at the least need a better production they, value. Yeah, because that thing was like made in 1992, right? Oh yeah, that was a big year for falling and yeah. I can't get up. It sure was. So uh, also, where's the beef? I am gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna big year for old ladies. I'm gonna put that article in our newsletter if you'd like to sign up. It's on thebraincandypodcast.com. Um, and we send out just links. We don't spam you or anything. We just send out all like good stuff. all the goodies. When you guys listen to this and you're like, oh my God, what were they talking about? And I need to tell my friends. Yes. Newsletter. Yeah. Join the club of awesomeness. Did you ever wonder why there's so many vending machines in Japan? Mm, uh, y- no, but now yes. <laughs> I'm surprised I, I, you I did just wondered. wonder about four seconds ago, right after you <laughs> asked me that question. <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you. Tell me. It's really cool. There was a video on Vox that talks about sort of the cultural elements at play that make these vending machines so popular. And for starters... What are, what's in the vending machines? Every Okay. The, everything that you can imagine they have vending machines for. What? Oh. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So for starters, uh, Japan is aging. And they don't have enough people at the level of low-skilled labor that would be cashiers. Oh. And so that's one of the reasons is that they just don't have the workforce to man the counter of all these places that would normally sell these products. And then also, this is interesting, never would have thought of, they have a lot of coins. They haven't embraced credit card uh culture as much and so there's something really satisfying about taking coins out and getting rid of them and buying things and it also doesn't feel like you're spending a lot of money when you use coins yeah it's just like kind of fun and people enjoy it but they also in conjunction with their sort of 
obsession with automation mm-hmm, is another mm-hmm, a- aspect mm-hmm. in Japan. It's like a cultural thing, but they also really love artisanal uh, things too. Like you can go to these coffee shops where they have like oh, they yes. crush the beans with their like old instruments, like a mortar and pestle, and they do all those designs in the top of the espresso that look yes. like you know little panda bears hanging on the side of the cup with foam. Yeah, so it's dichotomous in that they appreciate things like that, the artistry and like the old oldie worldy stuff. But then they're like, hey, let's go out and buy a hot green tea at this vending machine. Maybe they just appreciate what is, well, first of all, I have two things to say. One, it makes me think, is it kind of like a chicken and the egg thing? Mm. Because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know Japan is the only country with negative population growth. Exactly. Now. Wait, only country? I know so they have negative. They, I think th- I haven't heard of another one that has where they are. There are more people dying than there are being born. So the m- amount their population is on the decline, I and know, you have yeah. a ton of young people uh, who are not getting married and who are not having babies. Yes, and that's w- what I'm saying. So, which came first? Was it this? automated world that then had everybody cut off from their social connections, which stopped. Like if a guy is satisfied with a relationship on his handheld device with a fake internet girlfriend. And I've seen the documentaries where men will get together in groups and all of them, it's a group date with six guys and their cell phone girlfriends. Gross. And all the girls are at home going, I don't need him. I'm going to um, work on my career. And they're all getting great jobs and blah, 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 blah. And they're putting marriage and kids off and they're not getting married and doing that. So you have this society where everything has been automated and the connection, the human connection is lost and everything. So what came first? Was it this automated world that then drove people to being isolated or was it people's isolation that then drove people to having an automated world? Yeah, good point. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) That is a really good point. And I and then I also think about the cute little art, artsy things that this is where I agree with them. How if there's some, it it pains me to go to Starbucks and pay $4 for coffee beans and water. That is so simple that when I'm at a hotel, I can get, you know, in my room is so easy. Um that if it's something simple and it's just hey, put some water in a glass, I don't need to Make a do- big dog and pony show. Yeah, about it. save time, save that extra manpower and that energy. Put that towards something else. Put that towards, you know, I don't know, like simplify where yeah. you need to, and then allow those that you know. I'd be willing to pay five dollars plus, seven dollars, even up to you know maybe eight dollars for a beautiful latte that takes time and has a little you know cute little design in it and everything. Because then an it's experience. an experience. Oh, huh. Okay. There we go. Jinxies. Wait, that's it. That's the key. It's an experience yeah. versus just something that you need to function through your day. Like water, need that to stay alive. Coffee, need that to like, I don't know, not fall asleep in class. So experience versus what utility. Utility. Yeah. Okay. We, we cracked the case. That people. <laughs> Follow-up article. Atlantic <laughs> box. box. Do your work. <laughs> Problem solved. All right, I have an awesome article I want to tell you about. Before I do, I want to talk about Zola and why it's the 
most awesome wedding wedding company that will do anything for love, Sarah. I love that. Yeah. Well, tell me what they're going to do. They're reinventing the wedding planning and registry, registry experience to make the happiest moment in our couple's lives even happier. And easier. Wedded bliss just got more fun. Um, it's free, easy to use, and... Um, they are basically reinventing the whole registry process, which used to be drudgery back mm-hmm. in my day. I didn't even think I bothered to do a registry. <laughs> right? You should I'm do it now. Do that. It's not too late. Yeah, right? Um, they have over 500 top brands, and you can choose from all different things. It's not limited to like one store. Um, and then it's super easy to use. They have really great customer service team that will help you if you need help. There's a group gifting feature. They have price matching. Oh, I love that group gifting. Free shipping. They have a top-rated app for iPhone, too, if you want to try it on your phone. Um, And to sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to Zola.com slash brain candy. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash brain candy. And I tried out the website, poked around, and it really was easy to use. And they had pretty much everything you could ever want. And, uh, yeah, go to Zola.com slash brain candy for that 50 buckaroos. Yeah, man. Here's what I want to talk about next. I, we have to talk about the silent twins. <gasps> oh, my Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. As soon as you said it, I got a wave of chill that just came over my body. What the actual fuck is happening there <laughs> i think it's real i mean it's real uh-huh she 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 okay, killed wait herself. no stop it stop <gasps> it right this out. second okay. okay tell them everything sus we I can't. A, a listener alerted us thankfully you people are great about knowing what we need oh and this was exactly what we needed and never knew it there was an article called The Silent Twins, and it was based on a book that actually came out in 1986, I believe. Not only that, I did further research. There are a ton of books out about this case. Not a ton, but at least, you know, multiple books about this because this is such a bizarre, world. A bizarre thing. There was these two lovely African-American uh, female twins who really started de- uh, demonstrating odd behavior at a very early age. Wouldn't were, have used the word lovely. Maybe they were lovely they, when they I were mean, kids. I mean, looking. Oh, Like yeah, the picture. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, they yeah. were so cute. Okay. Got it. I was like, huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling about you. Really- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bill Goods. I didn't mean to. I'm just saying in the picture, it was like, oh, those are so cute. Yes. And then you read the story and they started demonstrating this odd behavior very early on where they were... Uh, almost completely nonverbal, except with their with each other, and they developed this secret language, which is not uncommon amongst twins. And they were African American, black. Well, not African American. They're black there because they were in England or Wales or something like that. But they were in a yeah. It wasn't in the United States. Okay. It they were in a all white town, and um, they said in this video I watched about it, they said that. The isolation that they already felt from people, they were very... Yeah, and they're not African either. They were Barbadian. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that okay. was totally They're wrong. black. They're black. That's what I had to say. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> it's like an attempt to be politically correct, and you're absolutely not. So they're Barbadian. <laughs> they live in Wales. So they're not in any way. But what they are is bonkers. Yes. And that, that isolation and them being outcasts in their own community made them... It further enforced this 
um, talking only to each other and this communication because they're like, fine, if all the kids don't want to talk to me, we'll just talk to each other and we'll show them. Okay. And that turned dangerous. (laughs) So they started um, hurting each other, for starters, being violent towards each other. And they also began uh, being petty thieves and ultimately burning buildings down. Mm-hmm. They like mentioned that in the article as mm-hmm. an aside. Yeah. Uh, burning buildings. <laughs> and, uh, they were, got in trouble of course for doing so. And then were sent to Broadmoor, uh, mental hospital. Mm-hmm. And that's when things got even weirder. They tried separating them. Oh my this was the weirdest part for me. Yeah. When the nurses on different wings of the hospital would find the identical twins in identical poses. Catatonic poses. Catatonic. I can't move them. And zombie. They said they were like zombies. I wonder though if that, because I, I was thinking about that too. I think that they just had a go-to position that went before they were institutionalized. They always... Yes. Maybe they slept in the same position and it, or it they was They maintained the, their habits apart from each other yes. and were identical in that sense. Yeah. And one would that. eat on one day <gasps> and yeah. the other would eat on the other like day. The, when one ate, one had to starve. And then they found all their poetry and writing. They were yeah. very creative and these talented writers, but there it was so dark. And they said when one thrives the other one dies and like one has to live and the other one has to die and they are feeding off of each and the, the, oh my gosh i almost want to find it and read it because it's so twisted what she wrote yeah and okay. then it's mm-hmm. one thing when you're writing in your dear diary but then what happened okay do it real creepy like okay. hey so editor <laughs> add some creepy music please oh now i'm excited okay so After being separated, they go, we can't have them separated. We have to transfer them back to a facility where they're together. So as they're being transferred in the bus, one twin puts her head on the other twin's chest and says, one has to live and one of us has to die. And she takes a big deep breath and then falls asleep, but with her eyes open so nobody even goes back to check on her. Dead as a doornail. Dead. They pull up to the new facility. She's dead. Dead. An autopsy report reveals that she died from a instant... I can't remember the exact name, but it's a massive um, increase in the heart's size. Like yeah. a big rush of... What, Death. Like, yeah, her heart said, basically blew up. Yes, their heart... And there was no evidence of any poison. No poison. No evidence of any sort of foul play. Just the devil. Just her thoughts of knowing in her... Like, they had put it in each other's head and reinforced it for so long. I'm... I have to live. You have to die. I have to live. You have to die. That twin... I think it's one who was fucked up and got the other one. What You know how when serial killers... They always have one, no, not always, when they are in pairs, there's one who's the alpha dominant one, and then there's one who's the submissive, yeah. like Patsy or does whatever. Patsy. That's what happened here. <laughs> yeah, because how I was thinking, how did they decide who died? Oh, one twin decided for them. Yep. And then the other one was like, okie dokes, and she kicked the bucket, uh-huh. and then the other one was like, okay, good, and then was fine, Zeboxies. Fine, was fine. Her, you, she wrote a... Uh, 
I'm going to pull it up here. She wrote her a poem on the tombstone. Yeah. And it was like, mm-hmm. ha ha, you're dead. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Pretty much. I mean, oh my gosh. It's so It was bonky bonks. Creepy. Ugh. What other, f- I mean, did you do any, did this make you? Hell no. I was done. Because I felt like if that book came out in 86, I mean, I thought this article has given me the goodies. I mean, there's not. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Because they're curating the info for that article. Yeah. Ugh. I knew you would go down a rabbit hole with it. Oh, though. it's so funny because we definitely look up different things. different things. We get stuck. You know, you like the. Here's um, what I do. I'm like, uh, what is has Ken Olin does done another interview in the last two weeks since the last time I checked? Nope. Well, I'll refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> Whereas Sarah's like wants to look up creepy stuff all the time. That's your oh, thing. Is like gosh. weird, creepy information, and then like. You coming up with a theory. Sarah's got a theory. That's oh, your thing. I could, it doesn't even say it on here. Too bad. I have to find it, but I'll put it on. Oh, my gosh. It's really creepy that the um, the other sister kept saying to the guards, I have to die. I have to die. Like, could you imagine what kind of. Yeah, rules are rules. Up, twisted. My master told me. All right, Shit. let's move on. Um, one thing that I wanted to make sure everybody hears is that if you... Sarah went to a uh, baby shower yesterday. Yes, I did. I assume you gave a Wonderbly book. Oh, actually, <laughs> I did. Oh, As my gosh. Should. Did you know that she had a, a book-themed really thing? That was really cute. And it was like a cu- the perfect thing? yeah. Because oh God, but she hasn't gotten it yet, so like, wait a spoiler alert it because <laughs> it hasn't arrived yet. So Sarah went to a baby shower where the theme was baby books, which is so cool. It was the cutest. And if you have nerdy friends, like I'm sure you do, because you love us. If you are a nerd. Duh. It's okay, admit it. We love it. This is a perfect gift for Christmas or a baby shower or a birthday. I just gave one to my friend Matt Neroni's uh, oh, son, cute. and it was really cute. And he said. Did you personalize even the characters? Because you can pick like for the letter N, is it a yes, narwhal yes. or whatever? I always pick narwhal because they're adorable. Uh-huh. And he said his son really liked the narwhal. But you get to pick the character to look like the kid that you're buying it for and put their name in the book. And it's really special and it's a keepsake. And I love that about children's books because I want to be able to give them to him, my son, whenever he gets the hell out of my house and moves on with his life. He can have a lovely book to remember me by. They have one product on there that is such a cute baby shower gift. It's a personalized, uh, you know how they do um, milestone photos where they have a little board or something that says baby's first, you know, whatever, you name it. It could be baby's first poo for all I care. It's still adorable and I want to see pictures of it. So they have these custom milestone ones for babies and it is adorable. Go to wonderbly.com. It's W-O-N-D-E-R-B-L-Y, wonderbly.com. And enter your little one's name for a full preview of their story. And you enter our code BRAINCANDY at checkout to get 15% off your order. Um, but there's a whole range of books. There's Lost My Name, which we have. We have My Golden Ticket as well, which I added a chocolate scent to. Love. And then there's a Birthday Thief book, which would be perfect. And there's a Christmas one that's really cute, too. I didn't see that. And, oh, no, there's another one I have to share with you. There's a one about bears that's 
a way to inter- – it's great if you have a lot of family members and especially family members that don't live close yeah. because it's a story about a little bear and on the story he – finds out about other relatives and other bears and they you can customize it so they're your family like all you know he meets this bear and this bear and it's aunt i need that i need that it's great so that your little one can get to know your other family and then when they see him for the first time they're like oh my god auntie bear whatever adorable i need that um it's a way cuter story than what i just said no i think (laughs) you sold it um i have a question for you this actually is along the lines of the kids thing if you could change anything about your body or oh, yourself, okay. you know, your outside, yeah. what would you change? Oh my gosh. If you're comfortable sharing. Yeah. Ooh, anything. Oh my gosh. This is going to sound like a real silly, petty one, Okay. but I have something called folliculitis. What is that? Which is where you get, the hair doesn't, uh, doesn't grow. Like, I, I don't even know how what the how the technical definition of it, but basically I get ingrown hairs, like, everywhere. No. All over my body. What is the reason, you say? It's just called folliculitis. No, no, no but, like, what is it? It could be from, I don't know if it's because I have, um, uh, I don't know, like, thicker skin and the hair can't, I know, right? It's kind of, <laughs> don't even laugh at that. Or you can. And the hair, like, can't poke through, so it gets oh, caught and it just curls up. skin, Sarah. And, but not thick skin. Or, you know... <laughs> Not emotionally. They say, oh, you can just like a exfoliate a lot. I'm like, that doesn't come help. on. They um, want you to just rub layers off. Uh, good lord. Because I like never look it up. I'm but. not making a good point here, but there. Okay, it's an infected hair follicle, basically, and it's a. It's, All right, so that's yeah. what you would change. There you go, and um, it's horrible, and I hate it. And I would fix. I would have none of, none of that, so I can have a nice. And that's what I get the little bumps bumps on my butt from. Oh, you that have the best be butt, though. Nobody's nobody's looking Thanks. at those little bumps. Okay, we're looking Where at we your going big bumps. With us. Yeah, <laughs> hi there. Um, so th- I saw this really sweet, lovely video where they asked adults, you know, <gasps> yeah, and you know, we all say the same stuff, yeah, and then they asked kids. Stuff. Oh gosh, it was so interesting. <sighs> None of it's physical, or what is? They it? were like, I would get wings. Oh. <laughs> I changed my answer. I would like to redact my previous statement. <laughs> but that's what's so rad about kids, kids is that they are, are the like, fucking I would make it so that I would have like extra strong feet so I could run further. What's wrong with us? We have we- all the options. All- that's <sighs> loving it. That's the death of creativity. And that's why it's important to stay in touch with our childlike nature. Yes. Yep. And wonder and everything. And that's why it's important to play because if we were in a, play mode if you had prompted me with something creative and said hey sarah can you just real quick write a fairy tale about whatever maybe i should have asked it differently i wonder if you could change the outcome of that that's what that's why a follow-up studies are always so great because you can add another element like what if we um what is the word prime them with something that um you know lights up all the creative some of the kids just were like i wouldn't change anything or you know like they were just cool with who they were, and Kids I thought that best. was awesome. I remember on my Road Rules uh, written application, yeah. which is 32 pages of uh, 18-year-old Susie. <laughs> oh, my God, what I would pay for that They book. asked that. I have it. They asked, You have it? Yes. Oh, my God. They asked what I would change about myself, yes. my physical self. And all I said was that I wish that I had longer eyelashes. And I Whoa. thought... 
well, that is a healthy gal. It sure is. And then they ruined me. <laughs> and then afterwards I was like, oh, wait, everything's wrong with me? Let me take care of oh that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy, you're right. Because... I wonder what you said because I bet it's still on there, the question. Ooh. Maybe you said folliculitis in your thick skin, I'm... your rubber body. Yeah. Really, here's uh, why really i upsetting. enjoy teasing you though yeah because you're so beautiful and like there's nothing wrong with you so you have to be like i have this thing that you never even knew about <laughs> that i would change well i just it's almost like okay i'm no way putting myself in her category but you know how kim kardashian has psoriasis okay. and you're like oh she is a human oh like hey i got folliculitis <laughs> i got bumpy and, and you know like when you i shave my butt. legs I can still see the little dots where the hair is. I hate that. Is that from the same thing? Maybe. I think it's just from having that thick, coarse hair that just is just bleh. Yeah, but that's why that guy thought you were Jewish and I was so jealous. Yeah. Because you had the Mm -hmm. awesome Jew hair. I do. Damn it. (laughs) That was, I've never been more jealous of you. Uh, Well, you shouldn't be jealous of the amount of money I spend on waxing. That's right. what me and well, the, that's the, thing. the Jewish ladies do <laughs> see. Like, we get along on that. There is a downside to every sort of thing that you think, oh, that person's so lucky because they have thick hair, yeah. but then takes her three hours to I hair, say that blow to it dry. my husband all the time. He he will be the first one to call out my unshaved legs, like when I have, like, you know. Sure, stubble. Stubble, yeah. thank you. That's the word. Um, I care so little, I don't even know what the word for it is. <laughs> Yes. Um, boot season. Woo woo. Um, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Okay. So my He'll husband, call you out. he call me out on my unshaved legs and I will tell him, listen, can it, do you love the long flowy hair on my head and the thick mane? And then knowing that our children will have wonderful thick hair. Yeah, you do. Don't you? Well, then you get all the rest of the hair everywhere else. It grows everywhere. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm Robin Williams from the waist down. Stop it. That is the best story ever. Are you kidding me? I've already had laser hair removal on my whole legs twice. And they're like, and there's it, no hope. And it's the twice. and it just comes back and it's like, we'll show you. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm like sister golden hair surprise everywhere. There's it's just blonde blonde stuff but that's the thing is i don't have thick luscious mane like you yeah well right we all have our problems we do most of it involving hair it seems. it's funny because i know that you're uncomfortable right now and it's fascinating because <laughs> i'm thinking about uh how much i hate all the freaking razor burn bumps and this is okay we're just getting into let's get real let's get real here okay ladies yeah as you get older uh-huh. hair starts popping up in other places where you got hair now? Like your chin or your face. Now, this is what happens. If I pluck those hairs, folliculitis, ingrown hair, and now get look at this right here. So see that? Yeah. That is from where I thought, oh, there's a blonde hair that's a little oh, long. I'm going to pull that you blonde hair. You should just hair. trim it. What are you doing? I don't know how to do that. Trim it with what? I have little tiny scissors. Okay. I'll show you. This is why girl, why you need girlfriends. Yeah, and you have to talk about this stuff. This is why you have, because I'm sitting here on a, in a glass cage of emotion <laughs> dealing with my <laughs> folliculitis. Meanwhile, Susie has the answer. It's Sarah, stop plucking them when I'm sitting at red lights. Glass cage of emotions. start trimming that shit. God, you're so great. I mean, I, 
hate everyone. <laughs> I tell you this on text all the time. And I love you. I love you. Thank you God are we so found each funny. Other. Oh, oh God. my God. Nobody makes me laugh like you. Same. Oh God. It goes both ways, Suze. Right. Maybe we're the only people who think we're funny and this is who just cares? like 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 a yawn we keep giving back to each other, like contagious, like a virus we just keep spreading back and forth. I mean, I don't even care. Yeah, I don't either. What ifs? I Everybody have a question, else can can it. But I don't know the answer to this. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. Have you heard the myth that oh, I love this. What? when you as you age that everything stops growing except your nose yes. and ears? Yep, yep, totally true. Is it? Why don't you think that that's true? It just is hard to believe. But then I saw there was this really cool article that was just um, several pictures of people that were a hundred years old, uh-huh. and then it posted next to that their uh, themselves at like twenty, and I couldn't believe because their noses were so big and not big when they were younger. And I was like, and their ears. I'm sorry, but I can't think of anything else besides the song, Do Your Ears Hang Low? Do They Wobble to and Fro? But what, explain why. Look, WebMD. Okay, well, let's look it up. Why the why fuck? Why do your ears? Because I, I would like Darwin to get on that case as well. Keep wrong. Okay, answer. Somebody else has already asked this. Here we Somebody go. Somebody else. Okay. Da 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 da. It says, it just says that studies were done and they do in fact keep growing. There's no indication as to why. I cannot believe this. Why it is says 206 science- patients were studied and the length of the left external ear was measured from the top to the lowest part with the transparent root. Blah, 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 blah. It seems therefore as we get older, our ears get bigger on an average by 0.22 millimeters a year. This is bonky. But there are are other reasons that continued growth could explain this. Maybe fewer people who are... No. This is dumb. (laughs) It says maybe fewer people who are old now had plastic surgery for large ears when they were young. That's in ins- that's this is not that's not even a real answer. That's stupid. That's that you clearly are not a, a, you don't know anything if you that was your answer. No, that's not plastic sur- no. They that got- doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't. I'm annoyed. So, who knows? So we don't know. But that know. really does happen. It's really And there's also I read that when you're pregnant, the nose spreads. Oh, great. Yeah. Pray and women and especially in in certain um uh, ethnicities and certain backgrounds, it happens more often. I can't remember what, but do you think nose, what? It's just called nose spread. Oh my god, this is taking oh us god. down a dark corner. Pregnancy. Oh my gosh, I, and it also says it's more for a boy. Increased estrogen levels. Okay, oh, that can lead to some questions. Okay, that makes okay, sense. Okay, here we go. It's Fine. a hormone thing. Now we're kind of getting to the bottom thing. So, <laughs> if is if an increased level of estrogen would cause your nose and ears to enlarge or your nose to enlarge could men who have decreased testosterone as they age have a higher level of estrogen women produce you know more when they're in menopause and so the hormone levels that we have when we're older this is all just why Sarah ears, has a though? theory yeah it's Sarah has a, Sarah has a theory we need why? a cool we yeah, do. that's a good one Sarah has a theory it's kind of like hitting on a run now <laughs> <laughs> what would years have to do with it, though? That they're just drooping. Born to be nerdy. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs>
I think maybe the ear and nose things are separate, where the nose thing is hormonal and the ears thing is just like gravity. Mm-hmm, mm, uh, Droopy mm. droops. It says... Because you know how your skin starts drooping and then I could see how the ears would just keep falling down. It says nose swelling can be due to increased estrogen levels, me. which helps blood flow to mucous membranes. Hey, now. So if your ears are a mucous membrane because, in, I don't know, are they inside your ear with the earwax and everything? Is that considered like... Okay. I don't know. Right. I'm just trying to like... We're just spitballing I'm just here. just spitballing here. I have no freaking idea. But there you go. I don't know. All right. We're going to do a badass bitch. Oh! Badass bitch is through history. history. <laughs> we get songs for everything now. This is so exciting. Okay. I have a friend named Ryan White. He was on actually on our show. He's oh. yeah, the maker of The Keepers. Oh, yes. Lovely documentary yes. film. And oh my gosh, um, yeah. this is a funny story while I pull up our badass bitch through history. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with him the other day and I was with another woman and uh, he was talking about our show and how he listens while he works out. And she was like, oh, well, what's their show about? And I always let other people say because I want to hear what their answer is. It's hilarious. If you ever, oh my gosh, I'm going to ask somebody. Do it because they don't really I ask Landon what he thinks our show is about <laughs> and record it. Oh my please. god! Oh my god! Oh my god! That's going to be a next. We that, should I'll call bet. him. Like, we'll do we'll, that. We'll do that. Okay, because you, it's guaranteed hilarity. Oh my god, I can't wait to call. Him. Because nobody really knows what no. our show is. We barely know. And I always say we make you laugh and we make you learn, mm-hmm. but do we? <laughs> We don't know, but it was really funny because he was like, I don't know. They just like talk about articles they've read and like stuff that they've thought about, <laughs> but he told me. I mean, he's dead on the money. <laughs> that should be our tagline. We talk about stuff just we've stuff read and things and, like, we're thinking things about. And, like, think about stuff. Like sometimes things are right and sometimes they're not. He is the inspiration behind our badass bitch today, who is Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, I don't know much about Eleanor Roosevelt, but my grandma was a big fan. She's freaking great because she was very much ahead of her time Mm -hmm. and didn't take any crap, which is my personal favorite attribute in in women. And now I put it together because my grandma's name is Eleanor. So I get it. I just realized that. Maybe she didn't like her and she just No, she did. Okay. Um... (laughs) Here's the thing. I could talk about what this, you know, woman did and how amazing she is, but what Ryan told me about her was way <gasps> interesting. Oh my gosh. Tell me. Oh my god. Evidently, she had a female lover her whole life who lived in the White House with them. Whoa! That means we've already had LGBT members in the White House. Oh, well, for sure, and I yeah. bet Eleanor's not the only one. Right. I I wonder if any Eleanor's a great lesbian name. You think? Yeah, I do. I just love that name, and I think why for lesbian? Because it's so strong. <laughs> I feel like it just would it would be great. What would your lesbian name be? Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my end god! End of story. <laughs> the end. The end. Um. Apparently, yours would be Susan. There. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sue. Sue. Sue is for sure. Sue. I, I mean, my lesbian name would be Sarah. Let's I was be real. thinking yeah. about how my married name is Butler and Sue Butler <laughs> definitely sounds like she sells Tupperware. You know what I mean? Like, Sue or like Butler some. Is your actual name. And it's so fun. <laughs> I never realized it. <laughs> right? <laughs> when you have, when, Link, when Lincoln 
right. one day has children. And he, those children are probably similar to you and me, hanging out, and they're talking about their grandmas. And they are going to ask each other, what is your grandma's name? And Link is going to say, Sue, Sue Butler. Butler. And then everybody's going to go, oh my uh, God, that is such a grandma name. Right. That's going to happen to you. And they're going to think she for sure sold like <laughs> whatever people sell on Facebook now. And all those has leggings an apron. And stuff. And <laughs> a go-to apron. Right. Like whatever I sell, it's directly out of my house. Yes. Actually, I do. That's what this that, show is. It is. This Damn is it. I, I am living Sue Butler's leggings. That's basically what you're doing. <laughs> right. You but are, Susie yeah. Meister is more fitting. Let's yeah. face it. It's perfect. At any rate... Um, aside from her, so Ryan suggested that our badass bitch really should be the lover. So I need to look up the lover and find out more about oh her because there is? are thousands of letters between the two of them filled with affection and love. And he was banging his secretary, which was a woman. So I was hoping he was banging some dude, but no mm-hmm. luck. Like I know. They were each other's like, yeah. But she was, Eleanor was her a vocal. Name's Lorena Hickok. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Hickok. Mm-hmm. And they had <laughs> love letters to each other. They sure did. And they have a lot See? of very... I know things now. ...X-rated excerpts from... Hick, my dearest... Not X-rated. I cannot go to bed tonight without a word from you. I felt a little as though part of me was leaving tonight. You have grown so much to be a part of my life that is empty without you, even though I'm busy every minute. Love, Sarah. Oh. To Susie. To Susie. That's actually true. We could probably say that. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt was also a vocal advocate for the civil rights movement. She lobbied for a bill that made lynching a federal crime. Mm. And she flew with the Tuskegee Airmen, which is all badass. Get girl. Get it. She had that line where she said, That's why I think I she name said. my daughter Eleanor. It's just such a cool name. It is. That was always my name. And I would call her L. E L L E. Yeah, or Ella, which is adorable, or Nora, or, which is also a lovely. No, well, that was my first choice. I'd love Nora, yeah. and then Landon poo pooed Nora. Yeah, he said it was. They don't get to choose. They he don't. can have a baby and name it. <laughs> That's my policy. Oh my god, I'm going to tell that. Yeah, I, he thinks that he's going to have any. You name the one I'm that naming. You... Yeah, I said I made the eyeball. I get to name the eyeball, and the rest of it. The eyeball. <laughs> that just seems like a part that's difficult to make. Yeah. I, for some reason, like there's a lot going on there in an eyeball and then it just looks different than everything else and it's just mm-hmm. like weird. Fair point. So eyeballs are interesting. Oh my God. Another thing that is interesting is my fantastic interview that I did with Amalia Malati, the author of The Copenhagen Affair. And we're trying to feature a lot of female authors on the show. So I wanted to interview her. I really recommend this book. I loved it because even though I'm not a big fiction person, it felt very true to my life. And I think people that deal with mental health struggles and issues in their marriage and just life will really relate to this book. So I wanted to talk to her. And before we do that, another thing about relationships is if you are looking to find a meaningful one, we have the answer, which is eHarmony. And Sarah was on eHarmony before she got married, and I actually helped her set up her profile. We had so much fun when we were in Brazil. 
You got to answer all these questions about your personality and the whole eHarmony model is based upon years of science, data, and psychological research, which of course you guys know we love. And their mission is to bring compatible people together and creating these meaningful relationships. And, you know, it can be fun to go on the other dating apps just for fun and play around. But when you want to fall in love, then eHarmony is so great for that. And right now, our listeners get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription with our code BRAINCANDY. And so stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with the other apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter our code BRAINCANDY at checkout. That's what Sarah did, and now she's in a magical relationship. So take a little page out of her book. And now let's talk about this book. Welcome to the show, Amalia Malati. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're so happy to have you. It was fantastic. Oh, thank you. I really loved it. And I I just, um, I felt really connected to Sonia, actually. And Why? I bet you did too, because I feel like this is a little bit about your kind of stuff that you went through as well, right? Um, a little bit. Uh, some of it. It's it's always difficult, you know. One of my books, uh, Serving Crazy with Curry, my mother read that and then she called me and then she said, you were writing about me. You think like this about me. And I was like, no, that was another book, but she never guessed that. So I said, no, 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 this, this, this is somebody else. And it usually is because I said, you know, there are parts of it in, in you know, one of my characters that he's a lot like my husband, but, you know, my husband is not sleeping with my sister. So that's a good thing. <laughs> So it's it's never one thing. It's always a mix. Right. Um, it's always a cocktail. And um, with Sonia, parts of Sonia are like me, uh, but I was never as good as Sonia. I was never the, the doormat. I was, oh God, never. Uh, but Sonia has my sense of humor, which is often dark and dry. I like that. Um, Sonia is um, unsure of herself, and I think... I am unsure of myself at times. Um, I, I was just kind of, you know, somebody mentioned she, she has this line where she says, you know, today, today is the day they're going to find out I'm not as good as I am uh, or good as they think I am. Yeah. And I've had those conversations where I'll ask my husband, am I really that good? Am I are they <laughs> going to find out I'm not as good? Am I going to find out I'm not as good as they think I am? So a lot of those parts are me and the depression, you know, I was never, as, I was not depressed like her. I'm a high functioning depressive. I, I'll do everything. I can go through life. Nobody will know. Yeah. Um, and then I'll sit and cry on airplanes. It's my favorite place to cry. We have a theory about that, that we think that it's something about the air pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Is that possible? I don't know, but it's such a secluded place yeah. where you can just, especially the turn of the long flights, not the short ones, you know, but the long ones when I'm flying to Europe or, you know, flying from Europe, it's, it's, I can wail, uh, <laughs> like sobs and everything. So, but like, so, you know, so I didn't spend my time under a duvet cover and Sonia was lucky yeah. she could, you know, her husband could support her, but I can't, I have to go to work and I have kids who are going to wonder how come she's not getting out of bed. 
Right. I mean, that. well, that's the thing is like to, to sort of stay under the covers as Sonia did is a luxury in itself that if you're depressed, but you have to carry on that yeah. you can't stand under the covers. So you have to kind of fake it till you make it, I guess. But oh, yeah. I mean, I just really related to the fact that she had spent her life um, feeling un- unappreciated, especially within her relationship and maybe a little bit as a, or a lot as a mom mm-hmm. and at work and how that can pile on. And we saw, we saw what happened with her character. I think it happens to a lot of women. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine. You know, she's been a single mother. She's been spending her life taking care of her kids. Her kids are fabulous. They are all gone to college. And now she's she's like, well, I said, now you have to learn to be selfish. And she goes, I have no idea how to do that. So suddenly, as as as, and I think women do that more than men do, where we sort of, I'm not going to use, you know, my term sacrifice, but we kind of, you know, you go from being you and you and you, and then you have a little child, and you're really counting on eating that last slice of cake. And then the kid comes and says, can I have the cake? And you go, here you go, darling. You can have it. We learn to give things up. All day, not, every day. Yeah, and not because, you know, we're doing a favor to our child because it makes us happy. But I think somewhere down the line, we tend to kind of forget that oxygen mask first. Yes. Right. See, it's the plain thing again. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> um, My next book is called The Nearest Exit Maybe Behind You. No. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> That is hilarious. But I think you're on to something. Whenever you wrote, though, and late at the very end, you revealed as yourself that you were high-functioning, um, depressive. But I-, I felt like you so expertly wrote about what it would feel like if you couldn't function and you couldn't carry on and you did have a breakdown. And I wondered how, how do you even find the way to write about that? Um, I guess we all can imagine, right? Yeah. Because there are mornings. Yeah. There were lots of mornings. Um, and then, then, you know, you talk to people, I, I have a friend and for a while and she has kids and job and everything, but for a while she just stopped you know, she became completely unreliable. Her husband had to take the kids to school because he wasn't sure if she was going to be awake or not, if she was even going to get out of bed. Uh, he, he, you, know, he, you know, he had to make sure that there was food, that he had to pick up the kids because she was not responding. It was for a short period of time, but it was, it was a real thing. She was not responding. She's like, I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do this. And she's like, I'm giving up. So... I think it, 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 it also happens, depression happens like that, where you sort of reach a point where you say, and we deal with it in different ways. Um, when I went through my depression, my, because I was not in therapy, I didn't even know I was depressed. I didn't know what it was. I was just like not feeling great, but it was not feeling great for a really long time. Right. And then, then a year went by and I realized that I've stopped connecting to people. I don't feel anything anymore, which I thought was, and I remember going to my therapist and saying, I don't like respond to things. I'm very Zen. He goes, no, Zen is being connected to everything and being okay with it. You're completely disconnected from everything. You're not Zen. You're just hiding in a closet. That's so interesting. It's, it's interesting to me how you mistook it and you had thought, well, no, this is how it should be. I'm in really good shape. That's what I thought. <laughs> Ship shape over there. I thought this is great. I don't get affected by anything. He's like, yeah, because you don't feel anything. 
Because um, <laughs> you're dead inside, basically. Yep. Oh, yep. That's brutal. You have a good therapist. I, I had a good therapist. And yeah. then, you know, this was in Copenhagen. So, but, you know, I, I, I find new therapists because yeah. well, mental health. Whenever you were writing, because I don't know how it, what it's like to write a novel. And so I'm wondering, you're writing about various things, right? Marriage, uh, business stuff, and then the mental health. And do you write them in different ways or is it all from the same place? Like, how do you approach that? So this book I wrote because I was depressed. And I, um, I read out everything I write to my husband. So what happens is he never sees what the end of, you know, how the book ends up because he listens to all the stuff that gets deleted. And I was <laughs> depressed. I wasn't happy. And we were not happy. So I thought I'm going to write a funny, silly book just for me and him that we could laugh at. So I just wrote this um, for a laugh. Come I never on. thought it would get published. No, I mean, seriously, I, I, I started off thinking about um, entropy. And so when I started writing it, I called it entropy. And I was just writing it for myself, just for fun. I was writing it to have a good time. But I, I am not a plotter. I don't plot. That's why I can't write murder mysteries. <laughs> I, I tend to just just start at one place and see where it takes me. I usually like not knowing what the ending is because then what's the point writing the book? Yeah. I also want to know how it ends. And here I struggled. I I remember I didn't know how it was going to end. And we were at some basketball meet and I was talking to my son. My son is now 16, so he was 15 then. And so I said, I don't know how my book ends. And he goes, well, tell me about it. And I told him, I said, well, there's this woman and now she's got this, you know, husband. And he, he said, what do you think we should do? And he said, she should dump both these men. They sound <laughs> completely useless. And she should, like, leave, go to Eat, Pray, Love or something. Eat, Pray, Love. And I was like, yeah, there's, there's merit in that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, and I did, I wasn't sure what she'd do. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to take the journey with her and find out what she'd do. Whenever, though, because I had always been anti fiction. I always wrote, read nonfiction. And then once we started this book club, our members were like, um, we'd like to read some fiction. So I've started reading fiction now, but then, you know how, like after you watch a documentary or something, you can Google the people and see what's happened. And that's what drives me nuts is now I want to know like what's gone on since this book ended. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Don't say, because then the readers will get I don't spoiled. Know. You, I don't have, know. you have theories, though? I have theories. Okay, that's fun. I'll make my own up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think, isn't that the great thing about fiction, is you can cook up your own, um, you know, post-ending, and you can imagine what happens. It drives me bonkers. I got to get over it. You can't Google everything. You know, one of my characters, so the book I'm working on, so I told this friend of mine, I, I said, you're in the book because I needed an HR director and you're in the book. And she goes, really? Did you make me like tall, blonde, and beautiful? Yeah. I said, I don't sort of, I don't invest that much time in describing <laughs> my characters because I think it's, you know, they should, the reader should oh. get an idea and imagine what they look like. So I may refer to someone as what somebody else could see them as but i i'll never start off with i'm five foot six inches tall and you know i i don't know how to do that i think it doesn't matter oh my god all right i got to embrace that way of thinking 
I'll do it. Um, I was wondering, because at the, at the end of the book, which was totally unexpected and so fun, you did a Q&A with your husband, and you guys have been married for a million years. And I was wondering if, through the course of writing the book or reading it to him or even that Q&A, if you learned something about your relationship or him that you didn't know. I think we both learned because, you know, we were kind of working on our marriage and this was sort of a kind of, I think we both learned a few things about each other. I think the one thing that helped my husband was he went into therapy as well. So, and I don't know, what's it with men? I mean, go get help, you know, ask <laughs> for directions. It's okay. Um, and I think for him, it was a big surprise that I was very open about it. Even at work, I'm very open about it. Oh, you know, I have to work from home today because I'm going to go see my therapist. And people are like, really? Are that open about it? And, and in the U.S., at least, people talk about it. In Denmark, they're even more closeted about therapy because, you know, usually you go there because you have a problem. Right. Um, so I think that was a big shift that we both kind of felt like it's okay. This, this is okay. So yeah. I think that we learned and um, that, that we didn't want to go into couples counseling because this was not a marital issue. This was a private personal issue. And if we both fixed ourselves, the marriage would fix itself. Right. So, so it was actually during this time writing the book and sort of, um, you know, he felt he got a lot more insight about therapy and why it's important and what does depression look like. And I think for me, it was interesting to know that he didn't know. Hmm. You know, you sit down and think, okay, he's emotionally unavailable. He doesn't get it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was telling my therapist, I said, my husband and I, we talk all the time because we do. We talk all the time. And he goes, yeah, you talk about stupid shit. You're not talking about the stuff that you need to talk about. So I think we learned how to talk about things. And for me, the way Harry and, and Sonia talked, where they didn't talk about things they they kind of um uh, the scene i wrote where they go to a 7-eleven and you know she has to buy the train card my husband was going gosh i think you and i have had those conversations <laughs> where it's of just saying something we, we are saying so you many dance around things. it yeah oh, so i think that that was kind of an interesting journey for us uh to take I imagine as a writer that everything that you write, there's context within your own life that informs the what ends up on the page. And I'm just wondering if you felt like this book, like you, if you ever felt a reservation about putting it out in the world, because maybe it felt more personal or not. You know, there was a reservation. I thought it was complete nonsense. I you mean, didn't like I, it. Because no, I did, but I wrote it for me. Yeah. I didn't write it that it would get published, but then, you know, they said, oh, do you have a book? And I told my agent, well, I have this weird thing I've been working on, I, that, you know, but it's kind of just for fun. And I sent, you know, the first 60 pages fully thinking they're going to turn back and see, yes, could you send us something more professional? Because this is just nonsense. And I said, oh, we love it. I was thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> what am I going to do? What have I done? I had to then, you know, so I think that was the hard part. The hard part was because I had written it for fun. I've written this and it's very different from what I normally write. Yeah. It is, um, um, I think Sanya is the closest I have written to someone who's like me, the new Sanya, yeah. um, who's a little irreverent, who, who, who speaks her mind. Um, so 
I, I, that was my concern, that people would think it was unprofessional and not very good. Come on. You've met other writers. I mean, we spend most of our life thinking we are not very good. <laughs> right. Okay. That's true. But I just can't imagine writing such a wonderful book and then being like, eh, it's not that great. I mean, oh, your bar is really high. You. Well, because I just feel like this the voice of, of Sonia was such a an important one to put out there because I think there's a lot of broads like me who – have had a similar experience and then they did implode and had to figure out what they were going to do about it. That's what I thought was interesting. You know, you think it's just you. Yeah. That's what you think, right? Yeah. This is happening to me. This is, this is unique. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once I had some friends read it and they were like, Oh my God, I relate to, it. and people related to it in a different way. Um, you know, one person said, I fully get the whole trying to please everybody yeah. all the time and forgetting about yourself. And then one woman said, oh, I know exactly how that depression feels like because, you know, I go to work every day, I put my game face on and I'm like, everything is good. And instead I'm thinking, I wanna die right yeah. now, this is awful. Um, and, you know, I, I have a lot of, when I, you know, people will always say, you have a lot of self-confidence and I do have a lot of self-confidence. I have no self-esteem. And, and I used to keep thinking, and I didn't know the difference. And I would keep thinking, people say I have so much self-confidence, and why is it that I always feel like a loser? I feel like a failure. And I find that so many women feel like that. Yeah. That um, you, you never suspect. You, you think, oh, my God, they have yes. to sit together. They got it all together. Oh, my God, I wish I was like her. And then you start talking, and saying, my life is... This is falling apart. I don't know if I'm good enough. They're going to yeah. find out tomorrow I'm not good enough. So, so that, that made me feel good um, when people said, this, this, I know this. I, I yeah, this. you should. You should be really proud because I'm sure given that it's different from your other work, it probably feels strange. But I love this story and I think so many people will relate to it and, and, and just plain enjoy it. Thank so you. Accept that. Um, I know. Wait, we have a question we ask everyone, which is, what do you keep in the trunk of your car? You know what? I'm so glad that I listened to your podcast. <laughs> right? And you I'm could going... prepare. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So not a dead body. Right. Uh, right. I listened to your podcast with Marsha Clark. And right. I was wondering, ah, is she going to say a glove? Is she? Is she? Is she? That's why I was like, this feels weird because it sounded like it was just for her, but we really do ask everyone. Um, I am I, I'm a neat freak. I'll have nothing there unless I am going somewhere. Um, then I'll put what I need in my trunk. Otherwise, the, 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 I, I clean it out. You are dead inside. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love I that. OCD. I love that so much. Not even reusable bags or an umbrella. Nothing. Now I live in California. I don't need oh. an umbrella. <laughs> I That's used to need true. an umbrella. Right. Was there ever a time in your life where you had stuff in your trunk or it's always been empty? It's always been empty. Even when you had babies? That's impressive. Well, you would you would put something in when you had the baby in the car. Wow. The rest of us are like throwing like 
all the gear in there? No. <laughs> Are you but, you know, it's been a long time since I had babies. They're 16 yeah. and 13 now, so I don't remember. Yeah, that makes sense. You, Block it out. You, yeah, oh, oh God. Yeah. I mean, every time <laughs> I see a pregnant woman, I hate to say this, I'm the one who's thinking, thank God that's not me. Right? When people tell me they're expecting, I have to pretend I'm happy for them. That's terrible. I am happy for them, but I'm glad it's not me because when oh, I yeah. see the, the, the kid, I don't know how old your kids are, but when I see the parents with the little toddlers and they got 15 bags and I'm thinking, my husband and I are like, you know, let's get another glass of wine. This right. is good. It's not us. Right. When did you get to that sweet spot? Because my kid's five. How long have I got? wait about three more years okay it's doable yeah and it gets you know the thing is it gets easier you start with the small stuff and then it gets you know I remember the first time I left them both at home um I think they were like eight and five uh just to go you know to the bakery yeah in the morning I said I'd be you know it's five minutes away it's a five minute walk I'll be right back and then I was like in the evening I said you know I'll go get takeout It'll be 10 minutes. And then suddenly one night, you know, we were saying goodbye on FaceTime because we went out for a show. And then, you know, it, it starts to get easier and easier. And, wow. You are living uh, the high life now. When they grow up, yeah, you, you discover all the wine bars. I knew all the wine bars <laughs> in Copenhagen. I love that. By the way, are you, you're in Orange County right now. And my co-host, Sarah, say hi. Hi. She lives in Cota de Cazo. Can you imagine? I have no idea where they're. Where oh my gosh! Is. It's this weird neighborhood where the Real Housewives live. <laughs> you know those women. Um, I don't have TV. Speak. I haven't had TV in a long time. That's why but you're so I, great. I do know who I, I do know who Real Housewives are. Well, they live near you in the, this area called Cota de Casa. Watch out! I, I will <laughs> be on the lookout. <laughs> Everyone should read The Copenhagen Affair. It is fantastic. And uh, we're so glad that you came on the show because you're great. Thank you so much for having me. And you're this a hoot, fun. too. My gosh. I love it. I love how irreverent you. you are. Don't ever stop with that. I won't. And keep Thank writing. You so Thank you. Bye. Bye. We're off the rails. And it's uh, time to go. <gasps> time to go? Don't forget to subscribe to our show and leave us a five-star review. We read them and we laugh and we... The crea more creative they are, the more we laugh. And this is what we do when we drink wine. Yes, so I love it. Give us the pleasure of reading yours. We love yours. you. We love you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.